Good morning from WKYT News and welcome to Kentucky Newsmakers. I'm Bill Bryant. We hope you're enjoying your weekend. Later, WKYT investigative reporter Miranda Combs will join us. She'll talk about teacher salaries and a deal that will mean restitution for more than 1,400 car customers who were overcharged. That's later. But first, Eastern Kentucky University President Dr. Michael Benson is here with us. Students are moving in, getting ready for a brand new school year on the campus of the large comprehensive regional University in Richmond. It comes as the university faces some tough decisions moving forward about pensions and other things. It also comes as EKU is nearing completion of some new facilities and seeing improving rates for both degree completion and student retention. Dr. Benson has been at the helm at EKU since 2013, overseeing a major campus renovation, but also having to make some difficult decisions as state support for public universities has continued to slide. Benson has has also co-authored two books recently, or at least one's out, the other is working on it. Uh, one makes a case for higher education. President Benson, welcome. We appreciate you coming in. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for having me. We feel uh, doubly honored uh, by the fact that you're here on move-in day for EKU <laughs> students. Uh, it has to be very exciting. I know just as soon as you're through here, you'll take that suit off and go help those <laughs> students move in, right? That's It'd be a little awkward to wear this in the, in the heat today, so uh, it's one, my favorite time of the year. Uh, while I love holidays, uh, as the fall semester launches and as the students come back and the faculty and staff, we've had all of our welcome back meetings this week. But when the students come on Friday and we'll have our welcome walk tonight through the Turner Gate and uh, some of the other orientation activities, and then the convocation where we, we put on our academic robes and, and we're at the Center for the Arts. And that's really where we say, hey, we've had a great time. Welcome. Tomorrow's classes begin, and it, that's where it all launches. Do you see a lot of promise in those uh, those eyes when they show up? And when you consider that that forty percent are first generation college students, uh, for them it's a whole new world, and we really try to wrap our collective arms around them and make sure we've got all the support network in place to ensure that they'll be successful. You have enjoyed, uh, I know, some of the long traditions of EKU once you got there, but you've started some new ones as well, including, as you said, this Colonel Walk that is going on. Uh, uh, it's, it's been important to you that, uh, to have things that, that keep the kids interested in what's happening on campus. Well, I think every institution needs to have its own traditions. And like you said, there have been some that have been around for a long time, whether it's rubbing Daniel, Do toe, uh, Daniel Boone's toe or... Uh, for good luck, which of course happens a lot during finals week, uh, or hanging out in the ravine. There are a lot of uh, kind of iconic places on campus, but today as they walk up through that gate, uh, there are two words inscribed on the front of the gate, knowledge and wisdom, and on the back side are passion and purpose. So it's, it's very symbolic. It says as they enter campus to gain knowledge and wisdom, uh, whatever they choose to study, then they leave campus as graduates with a passion and a purpose to go out as EKU graduates and, and make a difference in the world. Let's talk about the student body. I understand you expect enrollment uh, could be uh, down just a little, Just right? slightly down, yes, sir. But uh, also, students will be more likely than ever to complete their degrees, it looks like. I've told the faculty and staff I want them to remember one number if they remember anything this, this fall semester. Last academic year, we graduated 4,124 students. That's the highest number of degrees we've ever awarded. So while our, our enrollment is inexorably tied to the student population, high school population in Kentucky, because 90% of our freshman class is from the state of Kentucky, and it's starting to dip a little bit, but still in all, uh, we need returning students, we need transfer students, we need online students, 
And so enrollment is, is a, a part science, but a lot of part art. Um, and we're trying our best to make sure that we're providing those programs that students want and need and that industry wants. Uh, so we're, we're we're doing fine, but we can do even better. But you'll likely end up with fifteen, sixteen thousand still. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. studying. Uh, students also, as I understand it, are doing a better job of completing their degrees in four years. Uh, they are. This does not happen by accident on the part of the student <laughs> or the university, right? We've made a very conscious effort to to hone in on, of course, four, five, and six year graduation rates. The federal government, for their purposes, focuses on the six year rate. But it's, it's important for students to get in and, and f determine what they want to study and do well and, and be done. And um, you know, college is still uh, kind of an exploratory experience for a lot of people. And I changed my major several times. I bet you did. Uh, so you maybe you need a semester or a term to kind of figure it out and get your academic sea legs under you. But our improvement in our four, five, and six-year rates are double digits and so we're over the 50 percent mark in the six-year graduation rate which has never happened before you know you, you made the comment about your kind of teaching to the jobs that are available out there and the company you're working with the companies to have a, a better knowledge of what uh, what their needs uh, may be right? absolutely and I'll give you a good example our nursing program um, our nurses are in very high demand um, our, our criminal justice program, justice and safety across the, the bypass, and you're familiar with Richmond, that whole complex. Uh, graduates in occupational therapy. We're the only aviation program in the state. So there are certain programs where the demand is just off the charts. Uh, and then other, of course, uh, programs like uh, the pre-professional programs in our science building, our brand new science building. Um, so you have to make sure you're dovetailing those opportunities and those offerings with what industry needs and wants, but that ebbs and flows as well. It's interesting to me that even the four-year institutions have realized that there are some who may choose an alternative, and uh, you have a partnership now where you've teamed up uh, for airplane maintenance uh, and you're operating several uh, programs within your aviation program uh, for that, right? We received almost a $1.5 million grant from the ARC to start a maintenance program to take it into eastern Kentucky, where there are uh, folks in communities all over that are highly skilled. And so it's a mechanic, a te technical mechanic program where they can stay in their hometowns. The aircraft can be literally brought to the, air the, the airports in their communities, and uh, they can earn a very livable wage. We have 32 slots starting in, in January, and all of are fully subscribed. So we're very excited about that. We had a chance back in May to fly around the state and announce it. And everywhere we went, people were very uh, thrilled with it. A teacher shortage has been revealed. Uh, you know, 5,000 or so open positions around uh, Kentucky. Uh, EKU has been first and foremost a, a, a teaching uh, and teacher education university. Uh, can you uh, take some steps to, uh, to help with that acute shortage? Well, that's a good question, and we trace our roots, of course, back to 1874 at Central University, but as a state teaching institution in, in 1906. So that's really uh, in our DNA, and uh, we really pride ourselves in the fact that we only, we we're the only school that has a lab school still on our campus, which in many ways is like a teaching hospital, where students come and during the morning they may be studying the latest teaching methods and pedagogy in the afternoon they can literally go across the street and try it out so there's no other school that has that 
so we're, we're trying our best to train st students that want to be teachers in the disciplines, but also in the latest techniques uh, and the way students learn. And I'm really proud of, of the, the, our program and how we're doing even better. Uh, Dr. Aaron Thompson, who heads up of the uh, Council of Post-Secondary Education, I know a good mm -hmm. friend of yours, has said that, uh, you know, teaching needs to be uh, sold to students <laughs> as they're going through, uh, let them know in, in high school and in college that that is a potentially a, a good career path for them to follow. And he says maybe Kentucky hasn't been doing a good job with that. Well, I met with the Model Lab faculty uh, a few days ago. I said, I have enormous respect for teachers. The fact that they put lesson plans to, together every single day, and I have three children at the Model Lab School, so I see the homework they bring home and the commitment of those teachers to those kids. Uh, you do have to motivate students to go into the profession because it's hard work. True, you get the summers off, but those summers are often spent in professional development and preparing for the next year. And I really want to make sure people know that we value our teachers and our graduates and are really proud of the ones that go out and make such a difference in Kentucky and beyond. Let's show off your campus a little bit. We have some drone video uh, that uh, we can see what's going on in what has long been called the Campus Beautiful at EKU. That's the Turner Gate that you made reference to, uh, which has really uh, become an iconic entrance uh, to campus there. Uh, and as uh, we look around, you have uh, some projects recently uh, completed or, or almost done, right? We do. The Martin Hall there with the Karloftis Garden right in the foreground. Uh, some brand new residence halls uh, that have been online now for uh, this will be their second uh, excuse me, third year, so uh, the Scholar House, which is a project I'm incredibly proud of, 32 units for single parents so they can pursue their educations while they have certified uh, child care on the premises. Case Dining Hall, which was built by our food provider, Airmark, uh, $36 million and, and really a focal point of, for gathering and socializing outside of class. The new science facility, which I would argue is one of the best in the region, if not the best, 340,000 square feet of basic science space, all under one roof. Uh, so if you want to go into chemistry, physics, whatever, biology, come to EKU. Uh, Earl Combs Stadium, named for Earl Combs in the Hall of Fame, uh, leadoff batter for the Yankees. You can see that stadium. So uh, that, And that's used, uh, by the way, in the summertime for all sorts of, of high school tournaments. So I see every, every student that comes on campus as a prospective EKU student. So we've improved our facilities to try and attract like the football stadium attract uh, prospective EKU uh, students and they see what we have to offer and hopefully they're enticed to come as a, as, a, as a colonel. And of course the softball stadium as well. Well, you do play by play pretty well, too. Well, how about that? <laughs> uh, you do play. I'll do the color commentary. Oh, right. You're, you're kind of showing, uh, showing the campus off there. The Fitness and Wellness Center and the Powell Student Union Building to be completed in the next uh, few months. Yes, you? sir. They will come online uh, in time for spring semester in January. What kind of expectations do students have these days? Are they uh, of facilities? It, it, do you have to up your game to be competitive? <laughs> you really do. And when you look across the spectrum of offerings in, in Kentucky and what other campuses have done, uh, it really kind of says, makes you step, take a step back and say, well, what are we doing? And when I first got to, to Eastern in 2013, like you said, it, it was known by the moniker, the campus beautiful. And it, the bones of it are, are extraordinary. Uh, the Olmstead brothers doing the master plan back in 1906 with the ravine and those stately buildings along Lancaster Avenue. But it needed some refresh. It needed some, some updates. And so when, camp when students come to campus and they don't see the residence halls with the Wi-Fi or, or the rec center or a dining facility or they don't feel safe,
uh, their money's portable. They'll go elsewhere. So we've, real, we've made a real investment in our infrastructure with a view toward recruiting those students, maintaining them, and graduating them. To your point on safety, before we uh, take a quick break, and then, as I said, the questions get a little tougher, uh, <laughs> uh, talk about that, how you will ensure in the times we're in, where we see the kinds of things that happen and happen in a, with very little notice, uh, the kinds of steps that EKU takes to make us campus safe? Well, it goes all the way down to, for example, our Live Safe app, which every student can download, every faculty staff member can download. And everything from uh, if a student wants to be accompanied on a, on a walk back to a, a residence hall, they just put in their location and a police officer or one of our safety officials does that. Uh, parents have to have confidence in us that we'll take care of their children. Um, and we're trying our best to provide that environment. You can't insure against everything, but we're doing our best to, to make sure that the place feels safe, it's well lit, it's well constructed, it's well laid out, and it's well staffed. EKU President Michael Benson is with us on Kentucky Newsmakers, and we're going to talk to him about uh, uh, some decisions that they're going to have to make at EKU regarding the pensions and so forth. And then Miranda Combs joins us later on Kentucky Newsmakers with some of what she's looking into right now. Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We're glad you're with us and hope you're enjoying your weekend. And uh, it is a busy weekend at EKU where they are getting ready to start classes on Monday. And folks uh, will be, uh, uh, they've been rolling in throughout the weekend. And we're joined by the president there, Dr. Michael T. Benson. Thanks for coming again. We appreciate it. My pleasure. You know, the state's been cutting higher education, its support, uh, for <coughs> since 2008, the year that that recession hit so hard and then, uh, you know, couldn't get the footing again to, to uh, return uh, that uh, sort of investment. Uh, so that's five years before you got here. That mm -hmm. was the, the, what was going on. That was the trend, and it's kept happening. Uh, they're faced with difficult decisions, but then you have to make tough decisions. Some of that has been tuition increases. You've had to make tough cuts on campus. Uh, some use the slogan, fund the solution, as they're going to try to press on the legislature next year. Will you make a case that uh, uh, higher ed needs to be uh, better funded in the state? Well, we tried to make that in the book that my co-author Hal Boyd and I uh, did, College for the Commonwealth, where we talk about the rich tradition of higher education in the state that goes all the way back to 1780 and the founding of Transylvania University. So you think about, Bill, the communities throughout our commonwealth that have uh, some higher education presence, whether it's a community college or a four-year school, private, private or public, or a research institution, and what they mean to those respective communities, the people they employ, the quality of life that they impact on a, on a daily basis. And then, kind of by association, the impact it has on the entire state. So there is data that's longitudinal that shows those states that are doing well economically where people want to move and set up shop and run a business and hire people, uh, there's an inexorable tie to the investment in both public education, K-12, and higher education. And unfortunately, Kentucky last year was one of five states that was going the wrong direction in terms of, of investment in public higher education. We were one that, that cut, one of the five that cut. The two that had the, the most drastic cuts were South Carolina and Kentucky. So we've got to stem that. We've got to staunch that. And we've got to reverse it and say this is an important investment in human capital. And yes, I know there are challenges facing our state with regard to pensions and a lot of other uh, uh, encumbrances on the budget. 
But this, I believe, is the most important investment we can make. Uh, a decision that you're going to be faced with now. The legislature passed a law this summer to give regional universities the option of uh, paying off and leaving the state uh, pension system and then going to some kind of a different uh, uh, system. Uh, how are you leaning on that uh, very important decision? Well, I don't want to say we're leaning one way or the other because we're looking at all the options and we still don't have the actuarial numbers from the retirement system. House Bill 1, as it was passed in July, uh, states that they'll give us those numbers after the first of the year. But what we're talking about is the KERS system, which is the, the least funded of all the, the, the pension systems. So we're looking at a whole kind of host of options, whether it's partnering with the other regional comprehensives and, and buying out or staying in and then budgeting against uh, whatever increases there are in terms of the contribution rate. But what was really untenable for us was to go from the 49.4% up to in the 80s uh, and, and beyond. And so we're very grateful that there was a, a kind of stay of execution, if you will, because that was about a $10.5 million hit for our campus. I mean, you had to be holding your breath uh, during the summer, right? <laughs> that and a lot more. I mean, <laughs> our, our board met in June and passed a budget with the assumption that that uh, contribution weight would be, would be locked in, and I'm glad we did that. You're serving as the president of the NCAA Presidential Forum right now. What does that entail? Well, I'm not president. I'm a member of uh, 32. There are 32 Division I conferences. And uh, it's interesting because Eli Capilouto at UK is the chair of the right, presence right. uh, of, of the Division I uh, board of directors. So that's a big deal. And to have two folks from Kentucky institutions uh, in these positions, I think it's significant for our state. Eastern and Western to renew a football <laughs> tradition, uh, one that was, uh, you know, once the biggest rivalry in the state uh, back in the day, as we say. They, they uh, tell me they played on Thanksgiving Day on, on I, TV. Sure. I mean, it was it was huge. Yeah. And the, the, the build-up that week, yeah. uh, you know, uh, w w statewide w was something. Uh, so this will be renewed in uh, in a few years, right? 2024. We play them in basketball this coming year uh, at our place and in football again in 2024. So that's a little bit down the, in the road, but... Still not all we can gear up for it. You're working on another book as yes, well sir. on higher ed. What is that? Well, Daniel Coit Gilman was the first president of Johns Hopkins. And if you look at the Hopkins model, uh, out of whole cloth, they created America's first research university. And we have a lot of deficits in our country, whether it's trade or otherwise. But I would argue that our higher education system, like Clark Kerr, the former president of the University of California, said, is the greatest higher ed system in the history of the world. And it's something we should cherish and promulgate and fund, whether it's public or private. And so I'm, I'm doing a study of what they did in Baltimore in 1876 and how every other institution really has tried to replicate uh, this model that they put in place at the latter part of the 19th century. You'll find a way to apply that. Yes, sir, I will. Going forward. Go help some students move. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thanks thank for you. being with us. Dr. Michael Benson, the president of EKU. Coming next, WKYT investigative reporter Miranda Combs talks about some of what she's looking into next. Welcome back. It's WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. Always good to have WKYT investigative reporter Miranda Combs join us and talk about what she's looking into and what she's looking for. Today, a story that really got some results. Auto Plaza USA is settling with those who bought vehicles and thought all of the taxes were paid, and they got uh, all of a sudden a rude awakening, didn't they, Miranda? Slammed with a revenue bill saying that they hadn't paid their title taxes, and that ranged anywhere from $100 all the way up to thousands of dollars, and um, they knew immediately it was wrong. And the funny thing about this story is how sometimes they unfold. This was 
one man that called into the station. You know, we don't usually do car dealership stories because they're complicated and there's two sides to every story. But this one, for some reason, we latched onto and it went from this one this one customer saying, hey, these numbers don't add up. This isn't mm-hmm. right. And now they're saying they're going to put a lien on my house and do all the, the revenue department because we haven't paid. So after that first story, it just exploded into so many more people coming forward. So it was a, it, it was uh, August of 2017 that Attorney General Andy Bashir filed a lawsuit against them and saying that they want all their money back. And that went on for even Bashir admits this was a, t- a rascal of a case to get through because it was so complicated for, or they put up roadblocks at every turn. But finally, they came to an agreement um, just Wednesday to settle on enough money that will pay back all the customers plus pay back the revenue department for the money that they never received. And they should be getting those checks uh, relatively soon? Uh, after the next three weeks, they already have a chunk of the money already, but mm-hmm. they're going to, over the next three weeks, get the rest of it. And then you can call and find out exact, the AG's office and find out exactly when your money's going to come to you, but it will be in the next month. So now it's believed all are satisfied. The revenue cabinet will, is getting what it is owed. Right, because a lot of people yeah. just didn't pay. Right. You know, right. so. And, and then the state will get some money for the time it spent pursuing this case. And the state will case. be reimbursed for all the work they did on this case. It's a two year case for them. You recently went down to southern Kentucky, uh, you had some video that, that, that we obtained, and truckers were complaining... That our boss obtained, okay, strangely. That he, that he got. <laughs> okay, that uh, truckers were complaining that their big rigs were being booted, uh, that they were being, you know, held mm-hmm. because they were parking in a Walmart parking lot, right? Is that Does that lay it out correctly? And, and for the truck drivers out there, they know that that stretch from... Georgetown all the way down to Williamsburg is um, there's nowhere to park really Mm -hmm. so they plan their e-logs because now they're federally mandated to to make certain stops along a 14-hour day Um, they plan they were planning their day to stop at either that pilot station which is a is a truck stop um, or there's a rest area around there and those would be full because because of the changes in the federal mandates, they have to stop. They're all day shift workers now. You've probably noticed that on the road a lot now. There's more trucks out there during the day than there used to be, and that's because they're all on the same schedule. When they're all on the same schedule, they all try to park at the same places. And so the overflow would end up into the Walmart. Now, Walmart corporate told me that, that the local Walmart said there'd be 60 to 70 to 80 trucks there every night. Um, there's disagreement about that among the truck di- drivers. But it's, was, a, it's a 24-hour uh, retail operation there, right? So yes. they're trying to do business. They're trying yeah, to do yeah. business, and they have these trucks. But but at the same time, they won't. the truckers say, well, then put up a barrier. A lot of places have those poles with the thing on the top so mm-hmm. the big trucks can't get in. And Walmart corporate says, we don't want to do that because we don't want to stop you from shopping in there. So come to the point that they partner, Walmart partnered with R&R management to come out and boot these vehicle, these trucks that were parked there and charge them $500 cash. If they didn't have the, that cash in one hour, they were going to be towed away. So obviously you're dealing with truck drivers who typically a lot of times are carrying guns and it's turned into a very nasty scenes in some of these videos that we've caught specifically at that Williamsburg Walmart. I've done a little more digging and I'm not ready to discuss it yet, but there is definitely more to come on this story um, in regard to what was actually happening at that, that particular Walmart. Because shockingly, when I called the corporate office, they said, 
we've not gotten heard a word about this before. Mm. And R&R is over a different different yeah. Walmarts as well. Interesting. We uh, talked with the President Benson about the teacher shortage in mm -hmm. Kentucky, maybe as many as 5,000 jobs that are open out there. Um, this week we also did our homework at WKYT, looked into the teacher salaries, mm -hmm. and it was interesting what we found. Yeah, because it found that I think the Kentucky average salary was around $53,000 and the nationwide salary was was 64000 or 60000 So there was a big difference discrepancy between national and uh, and the state, but when it came to some of the interesting state numbers, Fayette County was number four for the highest, um, and then a lot of the counties that you would obviously expect mm -hmm. probably in eastern Kentucky were on the lower end in the 40s, and low 40s in fact. So yeah, it was very different than the national average. And of course, when you talk about take-home pay, there are lots of deductions. You have a lot to take out, check. as everyone yeah. does, and, um, and yeah, it's tough. What are you looking into right now, or can you say? <laughs> Well, I'm going to definitely do more on the trucker situation. We just came off a visit, yeah. you know, a lot of busy times with Auto Plaza and the visit from um, Vice President Pence. So we're trying to get the ball rolling again. I do think there's more coming. I would have one suggestion for viewers, too, when they do have a story idea um, for me in particular, if you can get a video of what's going on first, because this isn't like the old investigative reporting, unfortunately, where they'd have months to put something right. together. We're on very tight deadlines, so if you can go ahead and show me what the issue is instead of just telling me about it, I can move a lot faster in getting things completed because we're pretty slammed with ideas. And But it's interesting for people to know out there that that is often how you do find your stories, is that people call them to your attention. Absolutely. It would just help to get a little bit of the ball rolling so we can move forward. I mean, we've got stacks and stacks of stories that we want to do, but we still have deadlines to meet. All right, but still, uh, oftentimes I know uh, it feels rewarding when you get uh, some results and something happens, yeah. uh, like uh, in the the, uh, the Auto Plaza case. Yeah, it felt good. Miranda, thanks. We mm -hmm. appreciate it very much. I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers on WKYT. A reminder that you can follow KY Newsmakers on Twitter, and we keep you updated on uh, what's going on in the politics and some other state uh, things. We want to uh, uh, hope you'll join us this week for WKYT This Morning. Bright and early, we start at 4.30, and you make it a good week ahead.